Welcome to Dice Camera Action in Audio Form. I'm Greg Tito, host of Dragon Talk. Chris Perkins is the dungeon master for the amazing group of adventurers known as the Waffle Crew. They've been broadcasting on twitch.tv slash dnd at 4 p.m. Pacific time every Tuesday for a while, but we wanted to give fans who prefer to listen in audio form a way to follow their adventures. We're going back to the start of the Waffle Crew's adventures in Barovia and the greater Sword Coast area and publishing them all on this new podcast feed. Going forward, we'll be releasing weekly episodes pulled from the live stream here on the Dice Camera Action RSS. For more information on the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com dca or head to the Dice Camera Action wiki at dicecamerraaction.gamepedia.com for full episode recaps and information about all the NPCs, guest appearances, and adopted pets of the party. For this episode, we'll pick up right when Chris Perkins says hello to the crew. Enjoy this suboptimal party. Camera action. Hey, yes. we're still here. Absolutely. Um, uh, uh, Paulton, a.k.a. Nate Sharp, uh, cannot join us this evening. Uh, he's got uh, a thing he has to deal with, but he assures us he'll be back next week. In the meantime, Simon will be covering for him and watching the Waffle Crew's back. So, Little Simon. Little Simon. Uh, t- tonight's episode is dedicated to Vince the Rhino. And... Uh, uh, you don't know who Vince the Rhino is? Go online, check him out. He was a he was a great white rhino. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, uh, and I also like to welcome tonight Joe Hills. Hello. Hello. Yes, our special guest star for tonight. He'll be playing a certain role, which will uh, be obvious as we get into the session. Mm-hmm. Um, so, without further ado, a quick recap for those who may have missed next week, or for those of you who are new. After escaping Barovia, the Waffle Crew uh, rescued a dwarf named Zog Splintershard from marauding orcs. And Zog, grateful, claimed that he had an important message that had to be delivered to King Harnoth of Citadel Adbar. The heroes offered to escort him to the dwarven stronghold against, uh, across a great wilderness expanse called the Silver Marches. Unfortunately, Zog was killed during that journey by a hill giantess, and the Waffle Crew were forced to bury him and uh, continue on their journey without him. But they took his stilts. Uh, they gained an audience with King Harnath in Citadel Adbar, and it was during that audience last week when several of King Harnath's honor guard revealed themselves to be traitors, and attacked. This led to a melee in the Dwarven King's court, at the end of which uh, the doors to the audience chamber were literally beaten open by hundreds of King Harnoth's uh, um, subjects, and these dwarves swarmed into the hall en masse and helped the Waffle Crew beat the treacherous bodyguards into submission. And where we left off, um, uh, Diath and Evelyn, you're very close to the king's throne. You basically kind of created a, a wall um, to protect him against the encroaching uh, traitorous guards. And uh, Strix, you had basically thrown yourself down onto the dais uh, uh, near your albear after various spells that you cast seemed to have little effect. 
and uh, Paulton right now is just sort of dragging uh, Simon out of the mass of dwarves uh, after the puppet was kind of thrown and tossed hither and thither uh, in the melee. And I uh, don't have any of my weapons. Right, so. yes. Oh, you, you have no weapons because you left them in your quarters. Diaz gave me a dagger, but yeah. as yes. far as Evelyn's concerned, she still doesn't have any of her weapons. Right, yes. <laughs> okay. they, are, they are all back in Urgray Hall where she left them. Yeah. Yes. Because it's so safe here. Right. Um, what could so, go wrong, Holly? What could go wrong? So far, this. There is, uh, the, the hall echoes with the sounds of yelling dwarves um, trying to talk over one another. Uh, there don't seem to be, all, all eight of the treacherous uh, honor guard are either unconscious or dead. Those who are unconscious uh, have basically the weight of dozens of dwarves on them, preventing them from getting to their feet uh, should they regain consciousness. Uh, you hear the king bark out into the hall to have these traitors dragged off to the dungeon. And so you just see waves of dwarves carting these unconscious traitors out of the hall. Uh, and Diath, uh, you recall that uh, King Harnoth was very personally grateful to you for stepping up and interceding on his behalf. Yeah, um, it's the most validated Diath has ever felt in his entire life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I, I want to see if that secret door is still there. The advisors ran through. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there are two advisors in the hall, one of whom was hiding behind the throne, the other whom was knocked unconscious. Uh, and uh, But yeah, Strix, you start to make your way over to that back wall. Uh, make a perception check to see if you find the secret passage. I'm going to oh give gosh. you advantage because you saw it open, so you kind of know where it is. Oh, already throwing my dice around. I didn't even have them in front of me. Let's see. Oh, okay. Uh, 14. Okay, you do not find it. Gosh darn. These dwarves are very crafty when they come to hiding their secret doors. I just so, shuffle yes. my feet around angrily. Yeah, you're, you're looking around. <laughs> you're sort of looking at the walls, kind of rubbing your hands. Let's look for seams and things like that. And as you do that, the secret door opens about oh. six feet to your left. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And like, you, you see a train of dwarven advisors come back out into the hall, some of whom you recognized from having fled the hall earlier. Uh, but you can see uh, boldly leading the way is uh, an old dwarf with dark skin and golden orange hair that's turning to gray. And he's got some gems woven into his beard. And he is dressed like the other advisors, but carries himself with a bit more poise. Uh, and uh, he's actually physically bigger than many of the other uh, dwarven advisors as well. Uh, but he strides forth into the hall as King Harnoth, atop his throne, uh, tries to allay the fears and concerns of his subjects by saying, Fire giants have returned to Ironslag, but fear not! Fear not! These brave heroes are going to find out what the giants are up to! Yeah. You know, a quick, give a quick glance to each other. <laughs> we sure are. <laughs> but uh, uh, Evelyn kind of looks around. She's trying to figure out which conflict is kind of the main one now. She's like, and and the king is safe now. <laughs> uh, the advisor, um, the, the head advisor, uh, 
who's got a gold golden overcoat says forgive me your majesty <laughs> but are you sure that's wise and uh, Harnoth looks back over his shoulder, over your shoulder too, Evelyn, at the at the new entry, and says, "What do you mean? If these adventurers of yours are captured and tortured, which is likely, <laughs> the fire giants will know who sent them." I'm, I'm sorry. Did you say likely? They might consider it a provocation. They might retaliate. We cannot wage war at this time, your majesty. To which Harnoth says, and you see that uh, Harnoth's face sort of darkens as he says this, and he says, I've made a decision. Am I not your king? Your majesty, I answer the question. Am I not your king? I'm pretty sure he's your king. I don't know, is he? I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure, but I just thought I'd try to help. Uh, you you hear uh, many of the dwarves. There's a lot of sort of uh, a wave of ruckus that goes through the 200, 300 dwarves who are packed in the hall now um, as this sort of tense moment arises. And this, uh, this uh, dwarf advisor says, <laughs> You are your majesty. Uh, and Harnath looks at you, Evelyn, and then looks at you, Harnath, uh, and says, Damn right. Now, get these adventurers whatever they need. Exactly. Find out. Exactly. Find out, he points to his advisors, why eight of my own knights tried to kill me? Yeah, that would be important. top of mind for me too, yeah. Right. Strix is gonna, the guy who was like coughing, she's gonna like reach into her robe and pull out some like mint for him and just like hand it to him or like some kind of like, she feels bad. She thinks he's sick. <laughs> is All it right. like the ones from the bottom of your mom's purse where they like yes. kind of came unwrapped yeah, and they like have an, stuff stuck on them it's and like stuff? An old, it's like an old lady candy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's like a strawberry. <laughs> Um, as you uh, make your way uh, toward him and you hold out the mint um, coming from the shadow of the secret door is a dwarf fully encased in black armor with gold filigree covering it um, he was basically standing in the uh, secret doorway um, uh, in the shadows um, but uh, as soon as you approach this advisor, he comes stomping out toward you. Ah! And you can see uh, his bucket helm completely covers his head. You don't see any flesh whatsoever. He's got gauntlets and boots and everything else. All of his armor is fairly um, tightly fit. Uh, but there is a slit where his eyes would be. And you can see in the darkness of that uh, slit, two golden pools of light uh, for eyes. Well, Strix is not feeling any of this. And you can see uh, the only other holes in the bucket helm are down near the chin where you can see tufts of black beard have been pulled out through them. Um, and this dwarf uh, has a big maul. Oh, mm-mm. 
Can I, yeah, Strix is going to be like, and then she'll just roll backwards down the stairs. Okay. <laughs> you go tumbling away uh, from the advisor. Uh, the advisor will sort of pick your mint up off of the floor and kind of sniff it uh, while the king is talking. Evelyn wonders to herself and asks if that armor would fit her. Uh, <laughs> so um, it's obviously built for uh, a stocky dwarf. You think it would be, um, it, it would depend. Uh, you think if it's non-magical armor, probably not. You just sort of rattle around inside uh-huh. of it and it would be um, very uncomfortable for you. But if it is magical, you know that magical armor often resizes to fit its wearer. Well, she doesn't like the black that much, but she's just in a shopping mood after, yeah. you know, shopping. So she's, she's thinking about armor. Yeah. She's thinking maybe the, she'd have it remade yeah. in white. The armor would look um, ra- uh, incredibly menacing, but the, the gold filigree on it is all sort of designed and patterned like a, a gold dragon. Oh. So it's, it's quite beautiful in a dark kind of way. Yeah. Since, since they have returned, I would like to make a mental note of each and every single one of the advisors that escaped mm-hmm. past the uh, back passage. Okay, yeah, there were three of them that withdrew during yeah. the battle. Yeah. Uh, and you can see that, like, uh, like uh, all of them are um, elderly. They're all elders in the in the dwarven community. Yeah, I don't like how uh, swiftly they reacted. Yeah, uh, you see uh, that senior advisor guy. He takes out a black handkerchief, and he wraps the mint up inside of it and puts it in a pocket. He's really into this mint. In black. Mm-hmm. You could have at least given it back. <laughs> Strix will just clamor to her feet angrily and just like huff over by Diaz. Yes. All right. Uh, uh, you hear the king is uh, um, kind of standing up and he steps down in front of his subjects and urges them now to clear the hall. Nothing more to see here. The battle is done. Uh, your king is safe. Um, all of this business, you see that the advisors, including the the senior one, are now kind of huddled around the unconscious one, trying to wake him up off the floor of the dais. I go over and see if I can help with the unconscious one. Okay, thank you. Can I do an uh, uh, arc, uh, arcane arcane check on the uh, the strange glowing gold eyed dwarf, mm-hmm. like to figure out if there's something I might recognize? Sure. Arcana check. I mean, oh, I got twenty. Oh my god, that never happens. Yeah. Um. So he he moves like a dwarf. Um. He, uh. So you think it's actually probably a dwarf in there? Uh. But the, given you, you're pretty darn sure that the the armor is uh super magical, and uh probably is giving him. Uh, some sort of weird perception or is altering his eyes to make them look like uh, glowing pools of golden light. Cool. I will relay that to the party and say that uh, he's got some cash, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. And it's very clear by the way he is standing that he is the personal bodyguard to that senior advisor. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I will also relay that to Diaz, who seems to be paying more attention than me because I'm just trying to give people weird things out of my robes. Yeah. The senior advisor, while the other advisors are trying to uh, wake their friend and Evelyn is sort of nudging in there to help as well, um, he's actually 
um, not taking his eyes off the king. Hmm. That one advisor? Yeah. Further mental note on that whole situation. Okay. And uh, do we uh, uh, do I, do we do we know his name or anything of import? Uh, that has not been spoken yet. Okay. Can I do like the lean over to the king and be like, "Who is that?" Sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, when you do, he uh, says back to you very quietly, "Azon, Ron's fire." His clan is Adbar's most influential. They're master forgers mm-hmm. and smiths. His bodyguard is Crack Dragon Spore. Like, I have a badass name when I'm born. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Am I able to help this unconscious person without? Yeah, you can make a uh, medicine check. Yeah. All right. I'm if I if I have to lay on hands, I will. But you know, my party seems to need that more often. I'm still like mulling over the fact that the guy took my mint and put it in a weirdo black handkerchief. <laughs> Not There's twenty. What? Oh, what? Yeah, Waste in the 20. Yep. 21. Uh, you're able to very gently revive him. Um, in fact, the light of the thunder shine upon you. Yep. And he's, his eyes flutter open and he smiles at you with a mouth full of gold teeth. Oh, how beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> at this rate, I want to get a natural 20 whenever I do an animal <laughs> handling check. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, so, yes, the, the, he's, he's awake and his fellow advisors will help him to his feet. Uh, he doesn't have much memory about how he fell or anything like that. And they sort of usher him away through the open secret door. Um, Azon Bronzefire, the senior advisor, uh, will basically um, uh, say to you, Evelyn, your assistance here is most appreciated. It is quite likely a king would be dead. Were it not for your intervention? Intervention. Intervention. You should eat that mint, dude. (laughs) (laughs) And you can see, uh, um, it's it's clear, Evelyn, that uh, you believe he's, this isn't just old age. He's got some sort of medical condition, like he's been inhaling smoke all his life. And he says, you are welcome to stay in our hall as guests. Of the bronze fire clan. <laughs> every time that he stops, like where he's like, you're welcome to stay. Like every time he stops, Evelyn kind of starts to deeply curtsy, but then like stops and then like st- but stops. And finally, once he's done, she like deeply curtsies and she says, I am but a servant of our Lord of the Morning, Lathander, who has shined down upon us and allowed us to protect your king. And we are... Yeah, but we accept. <laughs> <laughs> we accept what? What are we accepting? The hospitality of Clan oh, Bronzefire. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yes. Hospitality is much appreciated. We are all but passers-by waiting on the 
hospitality of Lathander in this world. Yes. Um, Azon, as you're going on, he just sort of looks over your shoulder and says to the remaining honor guards, take the king to his quarters where he'll be safe. And then he looks back at you and, um, and uh, as you're sort of uh, bowed before him and uh, he puts a, a dwarf, a ring covered dwarf hand on your head. Evelyn. I kind of go like, <laughs> may the blessings of the forge and the dwarven gods accompany you on this terrible mission. Those are nice. I mean, not as good as a blessing from Lathander, but that's nice. Thank you. Ter- terrible mission. What did we agree to? What's going on? Aren't we always on a terrible mission? I mean, what? What's the difference? Yeah. Oh, this is easy. Scouting. Evelyn's kind of. <laughs> Evelyn's kind of like looking closer at this guy who keeps coughing and stuff, and she's like, "Have you had that that cough checked out?" He <laughs> says, "This is. This is the the work of." Hundreds of years in the forge. It sounds it sounds uncomfortable. <clears throat> do you want is. do you want some help with that? I tried to give him a mint, Evelyn. Don't listen to him. Magical healing doesn't seem to work. Doesn't seem to work. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn kind of like leans out of the way of his cough. Yeah, I can actually <laughs> smell his breath. Yes. Kind of smells like soot. Yeah, yeah she, had, she had kind of been like rubbing her hands together, gearing up a little bit of magic for him, but then he said magical healing doesn't help, and she's like, oh. Right, yeah. Uh, cut to Bronzefire Hall, where you guys are all having um, dinner around an obsidian table that's uh, polished to a glittery luster. And uh, you can see all through Bronzefire Hall... Um, in many ways, similar to Urgray Hall, it's got these large, vast chambers with connect- wide connecting halls and tall doors, much taller than dwarves need. Uh, but the height of the ceiling is really designed um, to keep the smoke um, uh, out of their view. And you can see Bronze Fire Hall has all of these fireplaces burning through it, and you can actually hear um, the, the whooshing sounds of the forge uh, um, from somewhere nearby. There are also iron grills in the walls, stricts that you've come to know as ventilation systems. Uh, these ones are uh, sort of covered with soot and Ugh. stained. Um, uh, but the hall itself is quite beautiful. These crystal chandeliers above the obsidian table light the room um, dimly, and bronze fire uh, sits at one end of the table and uh, the rest of you nearby. There are also several members of his family who uh, try to stay silent. His bodyguard, Crack, stands behind him. He says, Did Sog not tell you anything? Only that he had a message to deliver, but we weren't so nosy to pry into the message. Ah, fools they are! The splinter shards! Yeah, the dude died twice. Andy got sat on, which was real sad. (laughs) Um, Alitza Bronzefire who is a uh, a um, a female dwarf with fiery orange hair says there is only one reason why a splinter shard dwarf would travel this far south don't you think father yes you're right 
The ring of winter has been found. The ring of winter? What? (laughs) According to legends, the ring was crafted by the elves as a (laughs) weapon of mass destruction. Once it was used to trap an entire dwarf kingdom in ice. They say it has the power to control white dragons. Oh no. Frost giants. Frost giants believe that it could be used to freeze the world. (laughs) (laughs) That that just sounds awful. Could you stop? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can anyone else tell the story? <laughs> can, can I do yes. a, a check, an art, again, another arcana check to see if that's even possible in magic to freeze sure. the world so I can like speak up and be smart? Mm-hmm. Um, so, 18. Uh, yes, you do believe that it is not beyond the power of an artifact okay. to have uh, worldwide consequences. Um, and uh, with an 18, you do you can confirm uh, some of what he tells you that the ring is is certainly um, one of Faerun's greatest known artifacts. Great. So we I look will... over at Strix and ask her if it's possible, and she's like, "Yeah, totes." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, yeah, yeah. These, yeah, these, um... these bloods know what they're talking about, and then she'll like take her her robe and like after all the coughing, like put it over her face <laughs> just so that like she doesn't think she's gonna die later. Yeah. From the smoke. She's just like gonna go like this. Yeah. By the end of by the end of your dinner, there is a sort of a cloud of smoke obscuring the ceiling. Uh the chandeliers are sort of floating amid it. Um, it seems to collect up there. She she's done this before in the hive. She's used to it. She just like puts yeah. cloth over her face and it's just like kind of looks like all a of the goblets and plates that you're eating from and drinking from, they are made of pure um worked gold. Many of them with gems Ooh. set into them. Uh, the Bronze Fire Clan is obviously very, very well off. Evelyn spends a lot of time talking about the flatware and like the decorations <laughs> with everyone. Like she's yeah. really in consumer mode here at Dwarf Clan. Yeah. And she found this big spoon that's like reflected to mirror-like finish, so it's very yeah. compelling. Mm-hmm. And um, she's she has a uh, Simon in her lap, and she's trying to also feed Simon while she talks, like a little baby. Like Ew. she's like sitting, and she's like trying to. <laughs> But I, Simon, Simon's not opening his mouth. He's just shaking his head. <laughs> I'm doing like, but I'm talking at the same time. So she's had just this one spoonful of food that she's trying to feed Simon this whole time right. while she chats with everybody yeah. else. Strix is throwing food under the table for waffles. Yes, yeah, waffles is at Strix's, uh, uh, right under Strix's chair. Just there, Strix is throwing food at it. Yes, is well behaved. <laughs> yes. Uh, DF, um, uh, you know from other members of the Bronze Fire family that there are grave misgivings, at least in this clan, about uh, um, the king um, uh, because uh, there's a there, you get the general sense that after the Silver March's war against the orcs, Citadel Adbar was very depleted. Um, but some of the depletion was unnecessary because Harnoth waged battles that he didn't have to. Um, uh, you can also make an insight check. Sure. I'm going to do that often. Yay! Uh, 20. Before conversations with the king get too far, Azon seems to always shut them down, and you get the impression that uh, 
there's more going on between Azon and the king than he or anyone else is letting on. Son of a bitch. Right. You're more convinced than ever by the end of the dinner that Azon is harboring a uh, a big secret. Yeah. Okay. Make a note of that. All right, but the bonfires, um, uh, they are going to, because because you have been sent by the king on this expedition to the north, uh, they are uh, going to make sure to follow the king's orders and uh, outfit you with whatever mundane equipment you feel you need. Um, now, cool. Evelyn, you've already got something being made for you, um, but if there's anything else that you require, the bronze fires will provide it for you. Hmm. Anything at all? <sighs> Mundane materials, yes. That that is within you know stuff that they can get from the citadel. Well, uh, I already ordered like clothing. Yeah. But she kind of looks at her leather bracers and she's like, "You guys do seem to work real well in in gold. I mean, if you just happen to have you know some some gold bracers or or even some like inlay to put on these bracers, I mean, I just think that'd look real nice with the other." Clothing I have on order. While she's doing uh, that, Strix will walk up with a, a long scroll of all these like weird, really unfortunate <laughs> ingredients. Like, like I would just, I would like some some privy water and uh-huh. some and like if you can find it, some hair from maybe a dead cat. Do you have cats here? <laughs> like this whole list of really gross stuff. Yes, uh, they the dwarves lament that uh, cats were introduced to Citadel Advar years ago by some human travelers, and they've haven't been able to get rid of them ever since. I um, love cats. She's like excellent. If you can find a dead one, I'll also take its heart. <laughs> okay. Oh, and if you have any extra tiaras, I've always loved a good tiara. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, when when uh, the dwarves kind of look at your sad bracers, Evelyn, um, they will take those off your hand and replace them with gold ones. Yes. Gold so braces. They, they, throw, they throw your old leather ones in the fire. <laughs> Strix is like, no! <laughs> <laughs> no, wait! Strix sort of grabs a poker and gets what the braziers, yeah, yeah, the smoking yeah. braziers out of the fire. Puts it on. Yeah. She thinks they look better, actually. Yeah. She's like, huh. All right, yes. So it's, even, it's even funnier because in real life, Holly actually made my leather braces. <laughs> <for the cosplay>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, so you're wearing uh, Evelyn's charred leather bracers on your wrists now. <laughs> they look pretty cool. She'll, like, yeah. scratch off whatever Lathander bits are on there <laughs> and just, like, lick them. Yeah, yeah. Whatever talking, after talking to whatever advisor or strategist or whoever I need to talk to uh, about the location, how far it is, etc., cetera, uh, I'll be sure to acquire any necessary provisions needed. Uh, including ten sleeping bags, food, maybe a little bit of extra food just in case of for waffles. Uh, yes, any extra meats for waffles, of course. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, grappling hook, rope. Yep. Uh, a lot of the uh, usual adventuring gear that I would carry. All right. Um, and uh, do you want this packed up in something particularly? Um, like a backpack or something. Yeah. Something that can just be uh, carried amongst uh, the party between sacks or backpacks rather than uh, a cart or wagon of sorts because that's going to be unreasonable. Okay. So, yeah, just, yeah, whatever personal items that we can carry on our person. It can also make a harness for your baby Albert. <gasps> and one for Simon, too? 
Oh, God. <laughs> and one for Simon, too. <laughs> yeah. I'll get their help making a hard as baby owlbear. And if, if Strix could ask, she wants, a, like, a big, warm cloak that's black. Like, okay. just preferably, like, matches her robes. Because she's not vain, but she definitely wants to have, like, something that looks in the same vein as her other clothes. Got it. Okay. Black cloak not, it is. Doesn't want anything white. Like, that. she just doesn't want any of that, like... You know, Lathander stuff. <laughs> yeah. The bronze fires bronze fire stuff do white. Yeah. Oh, and warm boots so she doesn't have to wear sandals because that was a bad time. Yeah. Clothing, <laughs> et cetera. Right. Yes. Um, while you are uh, meeting and de- dealing with business, uh, a couple of the uh, lesser advisors to the king show up and they take Azong aside. How far away are they? Uh, about 20 feet. Okay. Can I hear them? You'd have to get closer. Can I cloud over? Okay. <laughs> I would like to. Uh... <laughs> I will do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the middle of dinner, Strix just <laughs> disappears. Where'd she go? <laughs> <laughs> Always suspicious. Yeah. Never good at hiding it. Yeah, she just sort of like slides under the table <laughs> yeah, yeah. like this, and when she's under <laughs> when she's underneath the table, she turns into like smoke. <laughs> Yeah. Don't worry, she'll come out eventually. She Waffles just needs a like, break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I can, I'll, I'll try to find an excuse to kind of hit in that direction and pretend like I'm dealing with something or like getting more food or... Or looking up, for your dumb right. friend who just went under the table. Yeah, yeah. make a but, stealth check, both of you. But yeah, oh, God, um, I'm so bad at this. <laughs> Here we go. Oh. I, I got a nine. Three. <laughs> Oh my oh, God! Jesus. <laughs> okay, well, the dwarves uh, stop talking in dwarvish, and they look at the cloud drifting around their feet, <laughs> and Diaf is standing conspicuously uh, about ten feet away with a pla- with a platter in his hand, pretending not to be paying any attention whatsoever. He's like oh, filling up, a, or he's filling up a punch bowl, a punch. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll just hover and go into one of the vents like I was just someone's right. really gross fart. All right, you disappear <laughs> into the vents. Uh, Azon will turn to you, Diath, and say, It appears the king wants us to make sure that you know to get help in your journey. There is a frost giant who lives in the foothills north of Citadel Adbar. His name is Harshnag. He is to serve as your guide. But you'll have to convince him to lead you there. Now, I am not well versed in giants. Are frost giants something to be trusted? Uh, you know that frost giants are evil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, let me rephrase that. What the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, uh, one of one of the other advisors uh, will chirp in and say, "Harshnag, <laughs> Harshnag's not your normal giant, right? He's frost. Yeah, but he's not your normal frost giant either. Okay, and how do you know him, and how can we trust him? He." Helped the dwarves during the Silver March's war. He sided with us against his kin. So, and now he freely lives here. 
we gave him an old tower. He uses it as a lair. Right. Okay. And this is the king's idea? Yes. It is the king's command. (laughs) 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 All right. And we must obey our king. Yeah. He says, looking at the other um, advisors. Strix will appear on the ground next to them and just like throw like a gr- like one of the gross things she got, like a I don't know, newt eye or something. Be like, mm-hmm. ah, I found it. And just go back to her seat. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just make a deception check. What okay. the hell? <laughs> oh my god, I rolled a twenty. What the heck? Okay. <laughs> that was a good today. <laughs> All right. How can I roll two twenties? I'm gonna die. <laughs> That's it. That's it for All right. me. Yes, they they seem uh, completely convinced uh, by your words. When when you come back, Strix, I've also pulled waffles into my lap, and I'm sitting there with Simon and Waffles, like singing a song and trying to get uh, Paulton to join in, who's probably sitting there too drunk to function. And I'm just like <laughs> la 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 la. Strix just looks at you with rage. I'm going to send you off once we get all of your gear. I'll give you an escort to Harshnag's tower. And he looks at his armor-clad bodyguard. Crack, we'll escort you. Great. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, is it possible to set out tomorrow after we, you know, of rest course. up a little bit after, uh, you know, Bravely saving your king. We need to just, you know, take a breather. And uh, they they nod and they make sure that you have uh, comfortable quarters uh, um, uh, for the for the rest of the day and into tomorrow. Yeah, with full size beds. Full size beds for like humans. Oh well, yeah. That uh, they're, none they're of this be- dwarf bed with an ottoman put at the end of it. <laughs> Strix is like, I didn't notice. I was sleeping on the floor. <laughs> Yes, uh, the bronze fire beds are not the most comfortable. So uh, uh, they tend to be just slabs of stone with thin uh, uh, draped uh, fur over them. Um, but uh, you, can, you can have them uh, get some cushions for you. But the beds are quite large. The bronze uh, fires actually, they do get non-dwarven company, so they put you up in human-sized beds. All right, so... With that, we'll agree to set out a, a time in the morning, like 8 a.m. Yep. or whatever. Then I, I'm oh, sorry. I'll relay the information back to the party so we can go retrieve anything important, like save weapons, uh, and then get a, a nice sleep before we head out. Uh, before this evening is over, I ask Simon, you're out of darts, aren't you, honey bun? Do you need some more darts? Do you think the dwarves can give you more darts? I hold him up like under the arms to one of the the advisors that's been offering us stuff. And I say, he needs darts. Simon opens his mouth and there's uh, just click, 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 click. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He does not need them. He does not need them. All right. Uh, The bronze fires uh, kind of look with some puzzlement. Um, While they are expert smiths and whatnot, they're not particularly good at... uh, such delicate craft work. However, 
um, the bronze fires do have uh, strong ties to the Brimhalt clan, and the Brimhalt clan are really good with fine machinery. Um, that sounds nice. So they will have a Brimhalt come by, uh, take a look at Simon, and uh, take him apart. Yes. Oh! Wait, wait, what? Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> well. Simon, do you mind being taken apart? You mind? Yeah, I don't think I can let you take my son apart. Thanks for the offer, though. Can't you make darts without looking inside him? Uh, well, the bronze fires look and they say, well, if there's a if there's a way to get at the internal mechanisms and the reloading device, whatever it is, I don't see it. And he looks in the creature in Simon's mouth. Simon, where's your reload door? Um, <laughs> he, he looks at you like that's a very personal question. <laughs> Simon, now's no time to be shy. <laughs> All right, uh, and uh, you can see uh, that he open uh, he opens up his stomach. See, easy as pie. No one needs to take him apart, right, Paulton? Are we sure we don't need to take him apart? <laughs> Paulton backs right. me up on this. I imagine that Paulton's just like, mm-hmm. yeah. Paulton backs me up on this. No one's taking him apart without his permission. All right. Um, and so, uh, a little bit later, early tomorrow morning, a dwarf comes by, and her name is Oddity Brimhalt. Oddity is her first name? Yeah. And she basically, like a doctor, kind of looks at, uh, kind of makes uh, Simon turn around, uh, stand front ways, stand back ways, hold his arms up. Uh, <laughs> she checks the hatch. She opens it up very delicately. Um, and he just turns his head around and looks at you, Evelyn, and <laughs> shakes it. Uh, and uh, she starts to poke and prod the mechanisms and take measurements to see how big the darts have to be. Um, you probably were able to recover one of the darts from the... Actually, there were no darts in the... Th- yes, he used a couple darts in the throne hall. Um, you could probably have those fetched and give them to her so that she can uh, see how these things can be made. Well, um, the dart that's still in my neck... Or that, yes. You probably still you probably still have Strix's dart, so we'll use yeah. that. Uh, she takes measurements of that dart. Uh, she takes a she weighs it, and then uh, she disappears. See, that wasn't so bad, Simon. So I give him a um, pat. Yep. Uh, now, uh, when the before she actually leaves, Oddity will note that there's a discoloration on the end of the dart. It seems like there was some sort of poison or something. Yeah, it seems like he has lots of different kinds of darts. He's got uh, the orange ones. Let's see, yeah, were those good or bad? Yeah, you can oh, see that. Let's the, not remember. <laughs> yeah, he's basically got this uh, sort of double loader inside of him with, that you can stack darts of different kinds in. So you can have up to two different kinds of darts. Um, and there's a, an empty, uh, or sorry, there is actually uh, poison reservoirs in his torso that haven't been depleted yet. You know, we should have some non-lethal options. I think that like a sleeping dart would be awesome. What about a Well, a you've, seen, you've seen evidence dart. that, you've, you've actually seen evidence that one of the toxins is a sleeping toxin, because that's what he used on the owlbear. 
Hootie. Right. Um, and on Strix. The yeah. Other one, the other one seems to be a more lethal poison. Um, I don't know so. if we really need the lethal one so much. I, I mean... I, I don't know about that. Uh, the next day, um, Evelyn, you're going to have to go off and collect your garb. Yeah. And uh, you had asked for some specialty items as well. Yeah. I uh, go, I pick up my, like, my whole, my new tunic, mm-hmm. and leggings, and cloak, and everything's all gold, filigree, and pretty, and white, and new, and I'm twirling around. And then the last thing they give me is a little matching kerchief for Simon and a little matching kerchief for Waffles. And I Excellent. bring them back and tie them around their little necks. So we all match. Strix will immediately make the one on waffles filthy. No, don't touch that. You look great, Evelyn. <laughs> Thank you, Dia. All right, Simon will put his on, or you'll put his on, you'll put it on for him. Yeah. Because his, his fingers are a little um, inarticulate. With Does he like it? Like that. Um, he looks at it um, and. Uh, he Evelyn's like, <gasps> and and the, so Simon hasn't had much going for him since he fell down the chimney and was covered with soot and half his clothes burned away. Oh. Um, so this is uh, kind of a, a a new a new day for him. And, <laughs> uh, he seems humanizing him. He seems, <laughs> he seems quite pleased that somebody's paying attention to his uh, attire. Good. All right. Um, Oddity will come by uh, with some darts uh, that were made and try to fit them into the apparatus. Um, she has a little bit of trouble and has to shorten a bunch of them, and but she does uh, basically load him up with darts. Are they so, all sleeping darts then? Uh, no, he, she puts 10 in the one loader and 10 in another. And one has sleeping, or she didn't put any of the like poison stuff? Uh, there's still some poison in his internal reservoirs. Oh, okay. Um, so probably going to be sleeping. And the dwarves, in the dwarves don't have any poison really okay. to to put in. So cool. So we all get the effects of a long rest in. Yes. Sweet. Yeah. Heal up. And right. as you're preparing to leave Bronzefire Hall, you can see that oh. Crack Dragonspore, encased in his black armor, is waiting at the door, the main door to the hall. Okay, and just to be sure, like, um, since we didn't roleplay it out specifically, all they're really asking for is us to get to this place, find out what the fire giants are up to, yep. information, and just come back. Yep. Easy. Yep. Azon, yeah. Azon says that he urges you once again. Um, he says, Citadel Adbar cannot repel a fire giant attack at this time. Try not to get caught. I won't. He says, fire giants are known for their vengeful streak. Won't have any vengeance if they never see me. He says, they're also highly intelligent and well-armored. Doesn't matter how smart you are if you can't see me. And uh, with that, uh, Crack leads you out of Bronzefire Hall through the uh, halls and uh, foundries of Citadel Adbar um, down toward the marketplace uh, and through a long tunnel that passes under the mountains toward the north. Um, Since you're in the company of this uh, dwarven armored warrior, most of the other dwarves that you pass by seem to ignore you. 
when you come down into the plaza, you see that chained ogre that you saw when you entered. Only he's kind of lying on his dais, unconscious, with all these pelt marks and welts all over him. Um, and the dwarves are pretty much just leaving him there. Can I ask our gu- our guide why they are beating him so? Like why why it's necessary to torture him, even though they've caught him? And uh, Crack uh, will look at him and say, "He is evil." <laughs> All right. To be trusted day. He's not to be what? That ogre is getting what it deserves, I. (laughs) Well, I personally don't think anyone deserves torture, but you know, I mean, it's just just a personal opinion. These are not our politics to argue, Strix. All right. For the record, I agree with you, and I believe that so does Lathander. Praise his holy name. He says, Do you want it for something? The, nope. the ogre? Nope. No, no, nope. no. Nope. Uh-uh. I mean, I'm going to continue on my. Yes, okay. I mean, if he was right. dead, I'd take his heart, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, uh, uh, as, as you make your way forth, uh, there are whispers and people, um, talking about you, um, as you walk past, obviously you've gained a great deal of respect among the dwarves here and crack, uh, says the king has asked one of the clans to make medals for you upon your return. I medals. Yes. Medals. I mean, like. Medals to wear around her neck or specific forges that we can. <laughs> Medals. <laughs> and I he has asked another clan uh, to make a statues of you to place outside the hole. What? No one needs that. Away. It's really, Statues? It's this really, is dumb. We don't need, that's wholly unnecessary. I think that's real nice there. and thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, after marching through long tunnel for almost what you assume to be about 10 miles, you break out of the northern, um, uh, or rather the, the tunnel emerges, uh, ends at a gate. Uh, uh, basically, you think it's like some sort of escape hatch for the dwarves if ever they come under attack. And... Uh, the gate is raised before you, and once again, the winter cold greets you as you step outside on the northern sides of the mountain. And you can see foothills all around you, and there's blowing snow. So much blowing snow and ice-cold wind that you can't see terribly far. I still have my fur that I got from that orc, the white fur. That's right, yes. But I had it cleaned while we yeah, were here. Yeah, okay, great. So now you can actually see the white. Yes. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everything is super clean, white, and gold. Yeah. Now. Totally reset. Yeah, so Evelyn, you're pristine as you head out into the <sighs> winter. Strix will sneakily put, like, one little spot of, like, dirt on the back of her cloak so she can't see it. Ah! <laughs> Evelyn, you feel the weight of a speck of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> so I was like, what is me? I'll point at Simon. I'm like... 
Simon, no dirty touches on my cloak. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, Simon uh, just looks confused. <laughs> Uh, all right, so all of the gear DF that you asked for is currently kind of strapped onto Waffle's back. Um, and uh, Simon's also got a little backpack. Fine. Paulton, Paulton says that he had a few optional extras installed <laughs> in, in uh, Simon's backpack. What is it, just like a camel bag full of wine? Like, <laughs> 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 he just like pulls yeah. a straw from the back and thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah, there's like, a, uh, there's like a little cask strapped to uh, Simon's He's back. He's just waddling along, slosh, 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 With a little slosh, spigot. Slosh. Yeah. yeah, great. Exactly. He's yeah. just a walking flask now. Exactly. I, I would expect yeah. nothing less. Right. If there wasn't already poison in the interior reservoirs, Fulton would have put po- wine in there as well. Flashman's power is further down the mountainside. All right. And this uh, heavy-footed dwarf in encased in armor begins to wobble and lumber down the mountainside. All right. With his big big maul over his shoulder. I like your maul. It's nice and big. Thank you. Could carefully trudge uh, behind him. Walking all right, mountains is hard. Yeah. Yes. Um, in fact, I'm just going to have you guys all make one dexterity acrobatics check. Oh, Strix is just going to misty step down that mountain. <laughs> she's, bam, not, bam, yeah, she's not bam, even going to try. Bam. She's not even going to well, try. 14. 18. Yeah, you're, you're probably going to like uh, run out of misty steps before you get down the mountain. <laughs> all right. Uh, so did anybody roll less than a 10? No. No. Okay. I'll roll for Simon. I did it just to be safe and I didn't. Hooray. All right. <laughs> so I won't um, misty step into a pit. The only one who the only one who has trouble is Paulton. At one point down the mountainside, he sort of slips, falls, and skids ahead of you. And, kind of, <laughs> and he sort of disappears. He sort of goes, whoa, off <laughs> a ledge and vanishes from your sight. Rad. I fly after him. Whee! I think he's <laughs> I think he's just having fun. Yeah. You see, he's uh he he after going off that little lip. He fell about ten feet into snow, uh, and and is having trouble extricating himself. In like powder, like a. Yes. Good idea. Sledding is so fun. Let's do it again. No, no, no. He said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, everybody, make a perception check. Man, I'm never going to roll this good again. This is nonsense. <laughs> 17, which is way more than Evelyn normally gets on I got, perception. I got a 19, so 20. Dang. But it, no, I'm sorry, 19. You know, this Solid is my, 19. This is my second natural 19. Not quite 20. I'm I know. There. Uh, but 27. Crack says, It appears we are lost. What? What? Wait, what? And, uh, aren't you supposed then, to be our guide? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but as he sort of looks around um, in the blowing snow for some signs of where he is, uh, all of you can see the silhouette of an ice-covered tower perch, perched on a uh, basically a, a mountain spur. Did we find our way again? Is that it? <laughs> you mean that? <laughs> right there. <laughs> Cool. Glad you're our guy. 
Maybe we can make a living as gods once we're done with this adventuring stuff. Yeah, that might be coming really soon. So yeah. tired of this leatherhead. <laughs> uh, and uh, he uh, he leads you off in that direction. Now, as you approach the tower, you can see it is. It looked like it was three or four stories. It is a solid-looking cylinder, the top of which um, may have had some ornamentation, but uh, that top has been kind of uh, broken in and kind of collapsed partly so it's hard to make out what it was designed to look like it kind of looks like a big fat stone lighthouse um and you can see uh the entrance uh which faces you looks like it has been enlarged like bricks have been pounded out of the wall to kind of create this jagged triangular opening um that's at least two two and a half stories tall um, so it's got a big gash in the side of it, or so it seems. The outside stone of the tower is encased in thick ice. Uh, so the whole thing is basically in an icy sheath. And uh, as you approach it, uh, uh, you notice that there is a creature circling high overhead, circling the tower, and it appears to be a giant hawk. Cool. Okay. There are worse things. Awful Do you think it's friendly? Waffles really close. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's like, yeah. when have giant hawks ever been friendly, Evelyn? Yeah, that giant hawk could easily pick up waffles. and. Yeah, I'm holding around. waffles in my robe. I know. We, like, have, we have a carrier for waffles now, right? One of the ones where she, yeah. she can sit yeah, in but, it like this. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like it, on your front and she's just like covered in a robes like this. Little okay. like owl bear head peeking out like <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh Simon is walking on Paulton's or is on Paulton's shoulders right now. Actually with the with the cask he'd be a, he could be kind of heavy, so he's probably just holding Paulton's hand. Um, <laughs> so creepy. <laughs> All right. I love um, that they hold hands. I think that's the best. <laughs> As you make your way, uh, there are what appear to be dwarven steps that were carved into the rock uh, leading up to this tower, but many of them have been worn to the point of being practically useless. Uh, nevertheless, uh, you can make your way up, but I'd like you all to make perception checks to see if you hear or see anything around the tower besides the hawk. 20. I got a 12. All right. Um, 19. 20 is the magic number. Diaf, you get a weird feeling as you approach the tower like you are being watched from the tower. Um, something is definitely up there, and you can see shadows moving in the dark interior. Um, multiple shadows. And one of those shadows has horns. crack <laughs> how many giants live here one more and no other occupants I do not believe so I... <laughs> oh no okay alright just, just making sure and as we Continue towards the horned figures seem to retreat into the interior of the tower. You don't see them anymore, DF. They were obviously watching near the entrance. And ice giants don't have horns, right? Uh, frost giants, frost giants, sorry. Um, 
It is not atypical of them to wear horned helms. Um, but with your role, you're able to discern that frost giants, you know that frost giants tend to be over well over 20 feet tall, closer to 25, really. Right. Um, these creatures were probably about eight, nine feet tall. Hmm. We need to do a leave. <laughs> yeah, either something else is going on in there or Harshnag's in trouble. So I'll, I'll kind of get a hand onto like the hilt of mm -hmm. my short sword as we continue the approach. And okay. now I'm just on high alert. Yeah, Crack is actually probably, um, he's, now Crack is actually pretty slow. He only moves 25 feet because he's so heavily encased in armor. Um, he was trying to keep ahead of the group when he was guiding, but since you guys found the tower and he didn't, he's now kind of allowed himself to fall toward the back. Uh, but he says, Is everything okay? No. Don't believe we're alone. Neither is Harshneg. We're being watched by something. Okay. Maybe um, it's a surprise party. It's definitely not a surprise party, Evelyn. It could be. They're making us a statue. Oh my God. Harshneg, make a stealth check with advantage. Okay. 12 and 11. I don't, do I add anything to that? I'm guessing. Subtract uh, my dexterity. Your dexterity would be... Yeah, so that's uh, 11. Okay. Um, D uh, DF, Strix, and Evelyn, uh, you can see uh, hunkered down, not too far away from you, about 20 feet away from you. You thought it was part of the mountain, but now it looks like a frost giant. Oh! <gasps> I spy uh, with my little eyes. And you can oh. see he's both watching you and watching the tower. Now, this frost giant, uh, he's crouched down, so it's hard to gauge his height, but you think he's probably about 25 feet tall. Uh, he's uh, armored. His, he appears to be wearing um, sort of bluish-tinged plate armor, but has a huge fur, uh, stitched fur cloak um, covering most of himself. And uh, he's got a monstrous, monstrous axe. You also see that as his helm, he wears the skull of what appears to be a dragon with a fin, a white fin. Dang. I start out with the eye spy with my little eye, and when I get chest, I say, I'm fast, Now, Harshnag, uh, you are aware, or you've become aware, courtesy of your hawk, that there are intruders in your tower. Not a big fan of that. You were uh, basically scoping the place out when you saw this ragtag group of people, a heavily armored dwarf, a human fellow in uh, leather armor, a, a, a small blonde haired woman levitating above the ground with the aid of uh, little winged boots <laughs> and a weirdly bulky, possibly pregnant <laughs> devil woman in black, in a heavy black cloak, waddling with her hands on her stomach uh, behind them. <laughs> and also what appears to be a guy, a, you know, just a guy with a lute over his back, holding a, holding a wooden puppet by the hand. <laughs> with a straw attached to it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here comes a trail of mistakes. <laughs> um, if I'm aware that they see me, can I like yes. subtly like raise Suddenly a fist? Suddenly they do. 
as yeah. though like to to like signal like stop, like sure, and then kind of point at the tower, like. Yep. All right. Interpret that as you will, Waffle Crew. I think he wants us to help him take down whatever's in the tower. So uh, he wants to crush us in his fist. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll make sure we all stop and then uh, confirm with Crack that this is Harshneck. I believe it is, though. Thank you. Also, keep it down. <laughs> He's trying to yell over the wind. All right. Take off uh, your helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Do I recognize the the shadows or the figures? Is my hawk relaying information about that? Um so through the open now the 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 roof is open to the sky and your hawk has been spying. Um but it is not other than uh, uh it has not communicated any information to you as yet. Well, Strix thinks that the giant is going to crush her, so she just, like, hunkers down into the snow. Okay. Okay. Is there a back door to the tower? Uh, there is only the one entrance and the opening in the top. So the back door could be the opening in the top. How about I go talk to the giant and see what he wants? Not by yourself. Uh I'll, <clears throat> I'll uh, get my, myself. I'll, leave, I'll have a uh, crack... Go with us too, and then Evelyn. The three of us will approach uh, a frost giant to try to uh, try to figure out what's going on. Okay, uh, so Harshnag, you are approached by the armored dwarf, uh, the human guy in leather armor, and the the girl with the fluttery boots. Uh, crack dragon spore eye. Oh, wh- who are your friends? Eye. <laughs> I wait for Crack to introduce us. <laughs> I'm ready to curtsy. Those. These are the Waffle Crew. I, I look at them and I can tell it's. They have been sent on a mission by King Harnathai to Iron Slide They are to spy on the Fire Giant's eye. Well, I, I'm a little concerned the Fire Giants might have sent agents to ambush us or ambush me. Uh, Same. Do you think that we could possibly attack from both sides? They wouldn't expect there to be this many of us. Are we certain that these aren't just friends who are here waiting for a surprise party? We wouldn't want to kill anyone who is just trying to give us a nice, pleasant little... Okay. I left my friends back in Waterdeep. I suppose I don't really have any other friends, so (laughs) it must be enemies. If they're agents of the fire giants, what kind of things would they send to help ambush us? What What do I think, Chris? Um, so uh, they would send. So fire giants are are tyrants that enslave uh, weaker races and make them do their bidding. They are fond of working with uh, hobgoblins and other uh, trained military type creatures. Um, the other thing you know, and the the thing you were uh, sort of dreading, is the possibility that these might be yak folk. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, <gasps> the, the old um, the old fire giant forge of iron slag is under Mount Hammerhast, and there are there is a yak folk village up in that mountain. Okay. Uh, 
the fire giants might have sent the yak folk they've enslaved. I don't know what have, that is. Did I hear yak folk? <laughs> yeah, they're like folk, but yakety. <laughs> don't talk to me. You don't see me. <laughs> I, I ignore the really obvious blotch against the white yes. snow. Yes. Okay. Um, I've well, never seen yak folk before. Do you think any of you could join me in scaling the tower to attack from above while the others enter through the front? I kind of zip up with my boots and flutter in the air, and I'm like, I can help with that. Crack's like, I'll enter through the front day. I guess Strix will realize that this giant isn't trying to attack them and stand up and brush herself off and let Waffles, uh, I guess, get to a safe distance. And then uh, Miss Earth. Send, send Waffles off for... I'll just let, I'll just, because I can't carry waffles up to right. the top of the tower, oh. so. We have a harness and a leash for her now. Tie her up. Don't, don't let her okay. wander off. I'll tie waffles up someplace safe. <laughs> Say, I'll be right back, and then I'll use uh, my cloud form to go up to the top. Okay. Yeah, if there's creatures inside, we can do a two-formed attack. Archdeck, Evelyn, and Strix, you go up onto there and attack from up above. Myself, Crack, and Paulton from down here will lead the ground assault. Paul's like, no, I'll, I'll wait back here. <laughs> wait no, by probably waffles. <laughs> Paulton, wait by waffles. Keep waffles safe. Okay, he'll yes. do that. Make sure, make sure no, nothing else is coming. Be on, or whatever. Be on okay, I'll, pass out. I'll, I'll guard the waffles. Okay, just don't pass out. You know, just simple. <laughs> Was that him drinking from yes. Simon? <laughs> yes. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, you three enter in first, and after you get their attention, myself and Crack will uh, attack after. All right. So you're gaseous. Evelyn's flying. Harshnag, um, to reach the top of the tower, you'd have to scale the outside of the ice tower. Sure. Um, uh, but um, you can, your strength is unbelievable, so you should be able to manage that. I would like you to make an athletics check for me. Okay. Uh, 12 plus 6, I think, so 18. Okay. Um, all right. So you sort of dig your boots into the ice of the tower and begin to climb your way up its side. Evelyn and Strix, you're going to get to the top of the tower first. When you look down within, you can see that somebody has punched, basically broken away all of the intermediary floors inside the tower, creating what is essentially a big, giant, hollow cylinder. Uh, the insides of the cylinder are coated with frost, and you can see trophies uh, suspended on the walls, uh, and they look like um, uh, dead. Uh, uh, they look like the, the uh, decapitated heads of uh, ogres and um, uh, uh, hill giants, and you actually see um, what appear to be a, a piles of dead goblins strung on ropes like garland. As we're, nice kind of, as we're kind of flying up next to each other and, and he's climbing and we're flying, I'm like, yeah. what better way to make friends with someone than going right into battle with them as soon as we meet them? We've heard such great things about <laughs> you. We heard that you're really, really nice and interesting decor. I think it's a little gruesome. What do you, and then as soon as you got to stop climbing, I'm like, I don't know what <laughs> and, and Strix, you notice on the floor of the tower is a large glowing symbol um, that you think might be some sort of teleportation circle or summoning circle. Uh-oh. And it glows with an orange light. You can see there's kind of frost covering parts of it, but the light shines through. Oh, uh, 
is that his or is it not his? Um, you think based on its design that it was probably part of the tower to begin with. Okay. But the, I don't know if it's being used by any hostiles right now. No. Um, and the flashing runes are actually dwarvish. So that signifies to you that it was built along with the tower by the dwarves. Right, right, all right. Um, and it does provide dim illumination on the interior, which is why I need Evelyn and Strix and Harshnag, eventually, to make a perception check. I rolled a one. Okay. Oh, no. We're back to normal. Yay, back to welcome normal. back to Waffle Crew. <laughs> uh, 19. Okay. I got a 19 plus one, so 20. Excellent. Evelyn and Harshnag, as you look down through the opening, you can see figures in the shadows, and they are indeed um, the sort of horned yak humanoid creatures, but quite hulking, large, and shaggy, and they are wearing armor. Um, and right now they have uh, their long bows drawn. Um, so let's everybody roll initiative. All right. Oh, dang. I'm on a roll today. 20 initiative. Excellent. 11. Do I subtract my decks from that? Yeah. I'm not used to playing as a... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 10. 10. Ha! 11. All right. I got Tricks. an 8. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, do I know anything about Yak Folk? Nope. Never seen them before, right? Nope. But he told us that they were... Like convinced to work with the bad guys, basically. So it would. That's what he said. Yeah, that they okay. were enslaved is, is the word that Harshnag used. Okay. Um, all right. At this point in time, Evelyn, arrows come. Big arrows come whistling up toward you. Hey. Um, but one of them flies way off the mark. Uh, another one misses you. A third one. Horrible, horrible shots, these yak folk. <laughs> uh, You're yeah. not very good archers. You should be nice instead. <laughs> yeah, so four arrows fly past you. None of them even get close to hitting you. See, uh, I was going to give you a chance to repent, but now you've proved that it's time for you to go <laughs> to the light. All right, and uh, it's your turn, Evelyn. I, I deliver that line like, you had a chance to repent. And then I just like dive bomb with Lightfall. All yeah. right. You drop down into the tower with Lightfall. Uh, when you do, uh, and your eyes address to the dimness here, you can see that there are two yak folk armed with bows and two armed with great swords. I go for the bows first. Okay. And I roll a nat 20. What is what? up with this All day? Right. <laughs> what? Ear, 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 ear. So that's a 27. Um, and I need my damage dice. Where are you? Can I say now that I was using that two-handed? Sure. Okay. Uh, that's not it. Oh, yes, it is. Okay, so that's a 12. That is going to hit. No, wait. The, the 20 was the hit. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. Yes. That's 12 so did damage. You, so did you uh, roll your crit? Oh, no. Okay. What is so that again? You roll all your dice twice. So um, whatever dice you rolled for your weapon, which would be a D10, I guess. Yeah. Roll that again. So yes, yes, yes. That's a total of 19. Okay. 
19 damage. Yes, you do 19 points of damage to this big, lumbering, yakful creature. Uh, You carve through its leather armor into its flesh, and it lets out a terrible yowl. By the light Um, of Lathander, repent! Yak yowl. Yak yowl. And then uh, next up, the two with great swords will then charge at you, Evelyn. And each of them will make two swings with their great swords. Uh, One of them rolls a 24 to hit. That hits. All right. It does 18 points of slashing damage. Ow! Uh, Its second attack, however, you are able to block it and deflect it with your axe. You said 18, right? 18, yeah. The second one rolls an 18 on its attack roll. What's your armor class? Also hits. Okay. Um, This attack deals 20 points of slashing damage. Ow! And its last attack, uh, you also deflect that with Lightfall. So two two swings got in under your guard and, and cut you up pretty bad. So you hear yeah. Evelyn, Evelyn getting whacked inside the tower by herself. And at that point in time, Diaz. <gasps> oh, I are... forgot my second attack. Oh, yes, please do. Yeah, please do something. <laughs> that was a lot. This one is a 19 to hit. hit. Yep. And I do 10 points of damage. Outstanding. Okay. On the same, the same yak. Got it. Okay, he is not bloodied yet. Uh, Diath, you're standing outside the entrance to the tower with uh-huh. crack, crack one pace behind you. <clears throat> okay, so from uh, the entrance, uh, what, what can I see? So uh, because because Evelyn has sort of drawn the enemies around her, when you look through the entrance, you saw charging out of the shadows of Evelyn two yak folk with gleaming great swords. Uh, the other two uh, you can't see as clearly the ones with the bows because they're still clinging to the shadows. Okay. I can't see the bow ones. Not clearly, no. All right. They would have they would have cover against you. Mm-hmm. All right. And how far away are they from me? Um, that's really up to you. If you got as close to the entrance as like being just outside of it, you would be about twenty feet away from. Them. Yeah, I'm trying to like peek ahead and. Okay, because the tower is about forty feet in diameter. Okay. Um... Okay, I'll try uh, cunning action to okay. hide, and I'm gonna try to uh, yep. stealth and kind of uh, go around okay. uh, these yaks if they're all focused on Evelyn right now. They are to uh, kind of see if I can get to position to the bow guys. If I can't, then I'll go for a greatsword dude. Okay, uh, you can certainly get into position of one of the bow guys, particularly the one that Evelyn has injured now. Perfect. I want that one. Uh, but make a hide check to see if you can sure. stay hidden. Uh, 17. That is going to do. Excellent. Okay. And then I'll, I'll sneak up onto him, uh, short sword drawn. Yep. And as he has no idea what's going on, just a big old blade and what can I only assume is important yak bits. Mm-hmm. So, ha! <laughs> uh, uh, 14. Damage 14. No, 14 to hit. Oh, 14 to hit. That hits. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> you are you are good. Okay, cool. And since Evelyn was engaged and I was yep. hiding, I get sneak attack. You do. You slice right through his leather armor. Or her leather armor. You can't tell. All right. Their yak bits are covered with shaggy fur. <laughs> uh, 19 total. Okay, very good. 
that uh, leaves this guy pretty badly bloodied. You don't think he could weather a, a wound like that again. Good. And he, and, uh, he or she lets out a terrible sound. More of that came from... Yeah, uh, all right. Uh, then it is Harshnag's turn. Harshnag, you are clinging to the top of your tower. Does my hawk go on my turn? Yes. Well, I, I think I want to start by commanding the hawk to attack the bloodied one. Can all right. The hawk will drop like a stone into the tower and make an attack. Uh, do me a favor, Joe, and roll a D... Roll a d20 and add five. 13. Okay. And roll again. Uh, 21. All right. Uh, your giant hawk hits with its beak and its talons and does 16 points of damage total. Nice. Um, now, did you, have a, did you want it to attack a particular target? Uh, the one that was already bloodied. All right. In that case, uh, you rake and peck it to death. All right, nice. so D- Diath, this giant bird descends upon this creature and just tears at its head and flesh uh, and eventually just sort of uh, snaps part of its head off with its beak. Good setup. All right, no problem. All right, and Harshnag, what would you like and, to do? Uh, are any of the rocks up here loose enough that I could just grab yes, one? absolutely. You could just tear one right off the building and throw it down. Yeah, uh, the swordsman uh, closest to our paladin friend. Okay. Go ahead and make an attack. Sure. Uh, 13 plus 11, so 24. Oh, yes, that hits. Damage. You're muted, Joe. Can't hear you, Joe. Yeah, you got, got oh, sorry. I was going to say, so then 40 10 for that? Yep. Oh, dang. Uh, so 7 11. Is that including your strength bonus? Oh, no. 17. I guess it pays to be All a right. giant. Yeah. All right, a big rock comes falling down from on high and strikes one of the big yak folk, um, dealing some credible damage to it. And uh, that's it for the giant. Strix. Guy. You're in gaseous form up above. I'm going to try and find a place to find a purchase for my feetsies and uh, just kind of get on the edge. Okay. And uh, careful spell. Fireball. What? Okay. <laughs> I know. Wow. Yes. Didn't think that was going to happen. <laughs> A fireball balloons <laughs> all around Evelyn and Dia. Flames dance all around you, but do not touch you. Aha! And engulf the entire bottom of the tower. Take that. All right. Saving throws for the three of them. Oh, wow. I assume you're going to cut the uh, giant hawk out of its effect as well? Yes. Okay. All right. Three. I'm counting. Hold on. 23. Okay. 24, 25, 26, 23. Wow. I rolled really well. Okay. 34. All right. 34. Wow. Okay. So kaboom. <laughs> A huge bloom of flame fills the tower. Uh, Crack, who's standing outside, gets hit with this wave of heat. Um, and uh, let's see. One of them, the one who was hit by the rock appears to have made its saving throw and taken less damage than the others just by ducking under what appears to be the collapsed remains of a staircase that once clung to the inside of the tower. Um, however, they all look equally damaged at this point. Um, 
and all of them are bloodied and burnt. And suddenly the whole tower is filled with this horrible stench of burnt yak hair. Strix will look over at Harshtag and be like, sorry about your tower. (laughs) (laughs) I just kind of shrug it off. The ceiling's open to the sky anyway. It'll. (laughs) It's not much of a house. Right. But it's a Um, home. (laughs) And uh, Strix, uh, you are no longer gaseous, right? No. No, I'm just kind of like found a spot at the top. Okay, I'd like you to make a dexterity acrobatics check to cling on to that icy spot. Great, there's um, my life. Um, oh, hey, I didn't do too bad. Wow. <laughs> okay. I'm. Oh, hold on. Seventeen. Uh, Eighteen. Outstanding. You find you you do find a safe spot and you hold to it. Now that is something that is unfamiliar for me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like shouting, I'm still alive. (laughs) I didn't fall, everyone. Did you see me? I did it. Finally, at the bottom of the initiative order, Crack, uh, he raises his big iron maul and says, Time to take them to the mall! And charges in. (laughs) Shopping! He's done that before. He will try to beat one of them upside the head. Uh, And he is going to hit with his big maul. And he will attack the one that was hit by the rock. And okay, that one is looking quite hurt. Uh, Evelyn, what would you like to do? I uh, I want to kind of like zip up out of reach again. You're going to disengage? Well. Because you'll provoke if you just try to fly out. So the tower, what would you say the like, radius of the tower is the radius of the inside is about 20 feet which makes it about 40 feet in diameter okay and df and i are standing right next to each other right correct yes and the rest of the yaks how are they positioned around us uh so um there are there are three yaks total because one of them died uh the two sword ones are right near you um, they're uh, about each five feet away. Uh, you're between them and Diath. Okay. The bow one is is away from you, about 15 feet, standing up against a wall. Okay. So that one can't take opportunity attacks. Only the two sword wielders could, if you were to move away from them and do anything else. And the other bow one is dead, right? Correct, yeah. It was such a perfect use for Moonbeam that now there's all these people in the way. Sorry. So I guess I just keep going for the the one that I've been fighting okay. with uh, Lightfall. And I roll 14. All right. Um, now the one you were fighting before is, is dead. You descended on that bowman and that one eventually died. But you do hit another one. Oh, I thought I was... You're right. I forgot. I'm now fighting the sword one. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. So do I hit? You do. Hooray! And now this time I'm I'm getting antsy, so I'm going to... um, I'm going to ask for help from the divine here. Okay. Where's my card? Divine smite? Yeah, that one. Anyway, I'm doing that. Where is it? Lathander hit it. 
<laughs> Did I see it? Like, I can't find it anywhere. Sandra, well, anyway, I know how I'm to do it. There it is. Okay. okay. There it is. There it is. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I rolled a one on my normal 10. All right, well. Oh, actually, I meant to switch back to not using two-handed, but I'll do that next turn. Okay. Um, and then I get to roll 2d8 radiant damage. Now, you only have to use your divine smite when you hit. So I did hit. Okay, great. So that's plus four and plus three. So total of eight damage on that one. Eight? Mm-hmm. Okay. It and is still alive, my, but quite My hurt. second attack is going to be a 13. That's a hit. Hooray! Oh, wow, they're easy to hit. Does he, look like, does he look like really almost dead? Like, yeah, yeah, he does. Like super almost dead. So yeah. three points of damage? He's staggering around on his hooves. Uh, three, however, is not enough to fail. Ah! Wait, add your strength bonus. That's oh, yeah, for you seven. Three. Right, and did you Eight. add it last time? No. Okay. So, yes, your two hits, once you uh, attach your strength bonus, are enough to take him down. Yay! Here, here, Chad, I'll do it for you. Man, I wish Anna would learn the rules better. It makes me be much more fun to watch. Man. Yeah. Well, it, ha- it, has been, it has been a week. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like I have notes all over my character sheet. I just get so wrapped up in, like, the storytelling that I forget. Never I been just, good with I numbers. just like to imagine that Evelyn, like, purposefully, I mean, also forgets. That she's I think like, she really oh, does. <laughs> that I think it's actually lore consistent. Because yeah. they're, like, she uses Lightfall even though Treebane is actually a better weapon in a lot of cases because she likes Lightfall better and she likes Lathander and she doesn't perceive things often because she's just thinking about how beautiful the world is. So it's actually pretty character. But anyway, glad that I killed it. Yay. Yeah, two <laughs> left. One has a bow out and one has a big-ass sword. Um, so the one with the big-ass sword is going to go to town on Evelyn. Uh, he misses with his first attack. You get out of the way. His second attack is a 21 to hit. Which hits, right? Yeah. How many hit points do you have? I have a total of 73, but I've already okay. taken 38 points of damage. Uh, you, take a, you take another 17 points of damage. Okay. He hits you. That's just a lot. The one with the bow is going to uh, take its aim up at uh, Strix, who's precariously perched on top of the tower and hurling fireballs down on him. No, of course. She's like... All right. Uh, so his first <laughs> shot is going to be a 11 to hit. Uh, that does not hit. No. My... All right. My AC is 12. The second shot is a natural one. No, no. So, yeah. Uh, and he... Can I catch it? <laughs> <laughs> Probably should. Only with a part of your body. Oh. <laughs> All right. And so it goes... Fly, a stray arrow goes flying up out of the tower, whizzing past Harshnag's head, even though Harshnag knows he wasn't the target. Um, the... Let's see, that Yakfolk who just shot is going to then make his way around the tower toward the exit. Um, and at the, at the rate of speed, he moves 30. He won't get all the way there. Okay, okay uh, so there's one in melee with Ev- Evelyn and one off against a wall somewhere, and it is Diath's turn. Oh, Evelyn, you got this, right? Probably. Great. All right, and then... Uh, I'm going to go after the one trying to escape. Okay. Just uh, after him and give him a good old cut. 
Okay. Uh, 22. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, no fancy sneak attack damage okay. or anything, but I still hit him for 10. Nice. Okay, he's looking quite hurt. And uh, Harshnag. I recognized earlier that Diath seemed to be in charge. And whether that's true or not, that's what I think. Okay. And I yelled out, that's what <laughs> I think every day, too. What's your policy on prisoners? What'd you say? Sorry. What's your policy on prisoners? <laughs> uh, information is good. I don't like to keep them. <laughs> can, can I uh, pick up a rock and throw it to block the front door? Uh, so to block the gash in the front door, you'd probably have to sort of push a section of wall in, um, not just one rock, but basically push in part of the tower. Could I like slide down the tower and, and get in block yes, the front door? That you could do. Um, I'm going to have you make an athletics check to jump, um, just sure. to make sure you can land on your feet. Is that dexterity or strength? Uh, it's strength. Okay. Uh, 15 plus 6, 21. Okay, yes. You slide down the icy exterior of the tower, kind of using your hands and feet to slow yourself, mm -hmm. sort of grinding into the ice, and you land right in the entrance. And, and, I, you, I, I, and you fill the entrance. I mean, right. totally block it. Yeah. So I've got my axe, and I'm just yell, halt! <laughs> All right. The, the yak folk does, uh, his eyes kind of bug out of his head a little bit when he sees you plop down in front of him. And then, uh, uh, can I order my my hawk to like help Strix? Like, if she falls off or anything, like uh, if you want to, if you want your hawk just to be watching to make sure she doesn't fall, yeah, I can do that. Oh, Strix is going to think that hawk is going to eat her immediately. <laughs> it's not going to help at all. The hawk is eyeballing you, Strix. <laughs> <laughs> She's like staring at it, like yeah. Ah. Excellent, and it's your turn. All right. Um, she does not like that hawk at all, but she's just going to let it, I guess, circle her. So, okay. oh well, snack time. Mm -hmm. um, so Evelyn is fighting, is probably pretty hurt. She can probably see that, right? Uh, Evelyn's taking some damage, but I don't think she's below half. So Okay. Um, how many yeah, are left? Oh, you are. Okay. I guess she is pretty hurt then. She's, right. she's got blood all over her pristine new clothing. Um, <laughs> that makes Strix. That makes Strix a little happy, but and not so, just her own, not just her own blood either, but yak blood. Uh, whatever yak men are left, I'm gonna do a uh, a firebolt. So okay. I switched that when my stalls for firebolt. So I'm just gonna go whichever yak men is hurt. Uh, the, the the most hurt one is the one uh, trying making its way toward the exit. Um, but Evelyn's oh, Harsh, Harshnag is there, so I'm not worried yes. about that one. Okay, so Evelyn's is the other one. Okay, cool. I will just do that one. So okay, make an attack roll. I got uh, I got thirteen. Hit. Yay! All right, so oh well, that was a bad one. Whatever. Oh great! I did three points of damage. Wow! Are you, roll, are you rolling? Are you rolling two dice for your? Yeah, it's two d ten. Yeah. Okay. Three. Huh? Wow. Okay. Yeah, and I got three. Okay. Yes, you like hit it on one of its hooves. <laughs> got him. Great. Yeah. Um, can it at least be on fire? <laughs> like the yeah. hoof. Yes. It, that it just sort makes of, it smell worse. Yeah. Exactly. Oh no! I'm like ah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, crack will uh, wander over and plow that one with his maul. Uh, he will hit it, and uh, he. Uh, let's see. 
he badly, badly hurts it. So Evelyn, yours is looking very hurt now. And uh, it is your turn. Finish it. I did now switch back to shield and okay, great. one-handed. But yes. I take a swing at him with that one hand emphatically and get a 25. Yep. Your first and attack hits. I hit him for eight damage. Hey, he yet lives. And I hit him again. Ha! 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 And that your clothes. Is chop, chop, chop. 18. <laughs> yep. And he takes nine points of damage. He dead. All right. And stay down. Yes, you mash that yak folk down face first. Uh, in onto the teleportation circle floor, and he just uh, lets out a long exhale as blood flows out from underneath the corpse. Uh, and so that leaves one Yakfolk, the one who is being intimidated by Harsh Nag. Um, let's see, that Yakfolk confronted by capture. Uh, uh, takes its sword and impales itself with it. Oh, <gasps> Dang it! And then just poof, falls over on its side. Oh, hell. That floor was already ruined. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All of the yak folk are lying dead around the tower. Um, there's like uh, steam coming up off the floor where the fireball went off, uh, basically getting rid of all the frost in the bottom of the tower. Uh, Strix, the Hawk is just watching you like a hawk. <laughs> and uh, that's it. We are out of initiative. I'll immediately begin uh, searching their bodies for anything of use, or anything that looks important, any kind of written word or note or okay. whatever. They don't seem to have uh, anything. They're, the, the leather armor they were wearing has totem-like symbols etched into it, but they don't seem to have specific meaning. It seems to be decorative. Uh, Some objects, probably. Uh, yeah, they had um, on the tips of their horns, uh, you can see um, that uh, there are weird carvings in a language you don't immediately recognize. Their great swords are uh, he heavy, uh, obviously sized for large creatures, as are their longbows. Each of their longbows is taller than you are. Um, Trix is going to cut off a couple of the horns. Okay, we'll that'll take those. that'll take a little bit, but you got your little saw and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Also, she'll yell at Paulton to bring waffles and... and... Yeah, yeah, Paulton will come in with waffles and Simon. Uh, I kind of point at one of my cups, which is probably the size of a wash tub. Uh-huh. Like, you know, you can boil that yak fat into soap and get that blood right out. <gasps> <laughs> there you go. Yes! So Ethan harsh... rolls up her sleeves yeah. and starts to do just that. <laughs> Excellent. Um, she also washes uh, Waffle's kerchief that Strix got dirty. A cursory look around Harshnag, you see that the uh, the Yak folk did not, it doesn't look like they found your hidden treasure in here. Um, so you can keep that to yourself. Uh, <laughs> you, you, Will do. You don't think uh, they were here to loot. They, you think they were sent to kill you. Chad is pointing out, and I agree that it's of note, that Harshnag took zero damage, so... 
Good job, Waffle Crew. <laughs> I really hope that we couldn't get a giant killed in one episode. Clearly, you fight with grid-like precision. That must yeah. be the source of your name. Yeah, uh, well, indeed. Well, let's let's not let's not be hasty here. As you as you see Harshnag more closely, you can see that he does have wounds, um, <laughs> but they don't look like they were made by these creatures. Uh, they must have been made earlier on. Like he has been wounded earlier in the day. Oh. Uh, a few of the wounds look like he was uh, um, hit with uh, slashing weapons. They're not life-threatening. What happened to you? I think back, Chris, and I wonder what did happen. To <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you had um, you you came off of an altercation with two fire giants. Um, now the extent of of how much information you want to share with the Waffle Crew is up to you, but uh, basically, uh, you have been noticing recently in the hills north of the Citadel, frost, fire giants and their uh, subservient creatures scouring the wilderness for what appear to be bits of adamantine. Anyway, you intercepted a pair of fire giants who were carrying what appeared to be an adamantine band a big ring, jagged like it was torn off of something even bigger. It didn't look like a ring that you wear. It's simply a ring-shaped piece of adamantine metal. Um, and it was covered with uh, dirt. And uh, you fought one of them, killed it, and the other one um, uh, fled. Uh, while you were uh, pursuing that one, a number of hobgoblins that were uh, basically accompanying these giants tried to slow you down and you mashed them all into pulp. But you took uh, shots from arrows, you got hit twice by the fire giant's greatsword, and so you're down to half your current hit points. Uh, I, I kind of brushed some arrows out of my hair. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just like, uh, the fire giants are collecting adamantine. Uh, I don't know what for, but I gave them what for. And uh, that's, I'm not, Harshnog's not a great storyteller. Uh, <laughs> and the end. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I see what you did there. That was a good turn of phrase. I, I, I bow. I'm just making a ton of soap. I'm making way more than I need because I'm going to keep some and save it and bring it with me. Outstanding. Yak soap. Strix is going to walk over and eat some. Uh, I try to steal your cloak to wash <laughs> you know, it. It's not like, half no! bad. It's not half bad, Strix. Yeah, hey, it's not bad. I try to rub some in your hair. Like I'm no, really, hey, I'm no. trying to like clean you. <laughs> Stop it. Speaking of fire giants, Rushneg, <laughs> uh, we're here on orders of the king of Citadel Adbar, as uh, apparently you would be a great guy to bring us over to Iron Slag Forge. You know exactly where it is, Harshnag. Um, you've, you've been up into the ice spires many, many times. And, uh, yeah. I can do this for you. Can you not get us killed? I don't want to die again. <laughs> Harshnag does not like to overpromise. <laughs> oh, great. We're not doing anything too crazy. King Harneth only wants us to go there scout it out and try to learn any information we can on the fire giants and what they're possibly doing and report back. Uh, Harshnag, do, do those dwarves, do they just seem a little, sh they're just like a little shady to me. I'm just like, have they ever like, you know, sent you to your death or, you know, 
maybe gotten you involved in something that was a little bit bigger than you Where's thought. Yeah, I just kind of side-eye crack. <laughs> right there, guys. Right. I don't know if you're a dwarf or not, mister. You're under a helmet. Um, uh, Chris, I, how feasible do I think it would be to subtly investigate this, or even how desirable? I don't know that Harshnog is the subtle investigative type. You're investigating what now? To uh, to go and, and do reconnaissance on the fire giants. Um, oh, well, I mean... It would be hard for you, um, but these tiny folk, possibly they could they could pull it off. Uh, yeah, I could draw them a map or something. Yeah. Now you know that iron slag is built is basically carved uh, under uh, Mount Hammerhast, and it's connected to all these. Uh, you believe it's connected to mines that go even deeper into the mountain. There is a main entrance to iron slag near the ground. It's a gigantic set of doors. Uh, but you have never seen them open in your lifetime. Um, and uh, while while they stand closed, the only other way into Iron Slag is from above, about uh, quite a ways up the mountainside. There is an entrance, and a uh, the dwarves uh, or dwarf slaves basically carved a staircase into the mountain leading up to that other entrance. It was mostly used, you believe, by fire giant slaves. Well. There's two entrances I know of. One of them's in the middle of a village, and it would be hard for me to sneak through a village. But there is a set of double doors below that no one guards, as far as I've seen. Is that correct, Chris? Correct. Uh, because no one's ever opened them. Yes. I don't suppose any of you happen to be any good at doors. I'm pretty good at knocking them down. Point at DF. Uh, I mean, what kind of size doors are we talking? They're about Five. eighty. They're about eighty feet tall. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's not entirely impossible, but uh, maybe you, if you could climb into the lock, I could pull yeah. on it really hard. Do you yeah, have a really they, big key, DF? Like a yeah. really big one? I mean, and, uh, if you and, can give me you know, the keyhole. Yeah, and you know that there are no visible hinges on those giant doors and no handles on those giant doors. I, I relay this, but I'm, I'm sure he's got it. He seems like he, he knows his doors. Yeah. So DF is the best when it comes to doors. Well, that's not yeah. that right. If the doors thwart them, Harshnag, the only other recourse is for them to climb up the stairs or to fly up to the Yakfolk village and try to get into Iron Forge that way. Would my hawk be able to uh, carry them? Or maybe one your, hawk, your hawk is big enough to carry one medium-sized creature. I present this to you. Uh, what do you think we should do? I'm just I looking worry, at Diaz. But... Yeah, both of us are just staring at Diaz. <laughs> 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 Which, by the way, chat has been engaged in a debate today over whether Diaz is or is not the leader of the Waffle Crew. <laughs> <laughs> I would say yes. Responsibility-wise. I, I feel like the Waffle Crew also debates every day. He might be, <laughs> he might be the moral compass. I don't know. It's... He's certainly the responsible adult. Yeah. Uh, the front door seemed to have the least resistance on the outside. Those who's were in, I have no idea what could be on the other side and cause problems. The Yak Village, on the other hand, has lots of resistance on the outside, but probably less on the inside. Granted, I could fireball the Yak Village. Let's not, let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Harshnag, we don't need you to scout it with us. We only need to know safely travel there. And I'm sure we could figure out a way back after that. I can escort you. Excellent. Uh, go ahead, Chris. I know you're ready. <laughs> and no more. Great. You're coming too. Huh. All right. Wasn't planning that. It seemed to be kind of a spontaneous thing from Crack. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, glad he just kind of subtly points like, oh, this guy every time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that's where we'll stop for tonight. Because, oh. <laughs> Anna, you have another game coming up. I do, in yeah. 10 minutes, so got to push things along here. So but I'm always uh, sad to leave the Waffle Crew. Yes. And the Waffle Crew will be back next week, and Nate will be back next week. And so the adventure will continue as Harshnag leads the Waffle Crew to Mount Hammerhast and the Fire Giant Forge of Iron Slag. Ooh. We're going to get right to it. Um, so does anybody have any announcements uh, that they'd like to share with the community before we break off? Community. Yeah, I do. I, okay. Uh, I'm leaving for PAX East. As am uh, I. Yeah. Hey. Will I see you there? I'm going to be at the Twitch booth. Uh, I'll be there Saturday and Sunday. I'll be there Saturday doing uh, Binwin's Minions and Sunday doing Acquisitions Inc. live game. Nice. I will be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Twitch booth. And hopefully I can see Acquisitions Inc. because that was really fun last time. And uh, we also have PJ Salton on Sunday, which is really fun. And like Chris said, I have another D&D game playing second edition in which I play a tortured artist bard named Kellen Elvin Bard. Uh, so if you guys want to tune in, that's in 10 minutes on twitch.tv slash misclicks. I'll put the link in chat. On behalf of Nate, he's doing a tour right now, doing a oh, bunch yeah. of live shows, which is why he's not here. He's getting ready for that. Yep. Uh, I don't know all the information, but make sure to go to his Twitter. He's posting a lot of it all the time. He also has an album out, uh, Nate Wants to Battle, at Twitter. Uh, go support him and check that out. Yay. Yay, Nate. He's a talented guy. Yay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought supplies to make a baby owl bear. <gasps> I was hoping you were going to. <laughs> because I just can't help myself. So I'll probably be streaming that at some point. Yes. I'm, waiting for, I'm waiting for the taxidermy eyes to come in. So. Oh my God. That's going to yeah. make it really hard for me to just kill it off indiscriminately. So that's no! <laughs> oh, Holly makes, makes something. It'll be okay, at least for a couple episodes. So eventually, I'll probably, I don't have the supplies yet, but for just keep an eye out. It'll be a fun little project so cool are any uh, of you guys going to pax east too i won't be no i can't make it this year no. unfortunately. bummer my next one is c2e2 not not pax so i wish but it's really cold so i'm kind of happy <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right uh if no, joe do you have any announcements or anything you want to say before we well if anybody's in the tennessee area on march 17th i'll be at tennessee game days hanging out and playing open tabletop all day from eight to four so uh cool. if you happen to be in the area swing by and say hi all right and that's it for this week uh next week's episode is called fortune favors the cold you'll find out why uh until then uh that's it for us have a good week and See you in seven days. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dice Camera Action with Chris Perkins. Don't forget, Chris and the Waffle Crew broadcast live on twitch.tv slash dnd every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. 
For more information on the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com slash dca or head to the Dice Camera Action wiki at dicecameraaction.gamepedia.com. Until next week, happy hunting. Happy hunting.